excited about this new series that we launched today, and I'm glad that you guys are here for the very first installment. This is going to set the tone and the pace for the next few weeks. So yeah, just tell your neighbor right now, I'm glad you showed up today. Glad you're, you're, you're here right now. Hey, listen, before we dive into the Word, I want to let you guys know about something that I'm really excited about is, is this afternoon after our third service at about 1245, we have a, a, a thing called The Edge that we we uh, offer about every six weeks around here. This, this is a time for those of you that may have been coming to 1910 Church for a while and you've never kind of just jumped in uh, completely with us. Uh, and, or maybe you're here and, and you just want to know a little bit more of the, the ins and outs of who we are and how we operate and, and where we're headed. Maybe some of the responsibilities that, that we envision for, for people that are a part of this house. It's, it's called The Edge. Some of you are asking, hey, we, we've been coming and, and we'd like to, 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 to serve or we'd like to get connected to a, a life group. Or, hey, we want to become a member. This is your opportunity today at 1245 to come and hear all those things, rub shoulders with our staff, and, and, and find ways that you can really plug in and get connected. So lunch is going to be provided this afternoon, 1245. We're going to meet in the elementary wing back in the warehouse. And so we would love for you to come, uh, eat lunch with us, and, and spend a couple hours together as we get to talk about what God is doing here at 1910 Church. And he is doing some awesome things Absolutely uh, incredible. We've been gearing up for our 10-year anniversary coming up uh, here in a few weeks. And, and uh, we've been looking at old footage and old, old graphics and shooting videos and telling stories. And it's just been an incredible, uh, incredible journey. So uh, uh, if you're interested today, we'd love to have lunch with you and get to shake hands and share with you the great things that God is doing at The Edge today at 12. 45. We are excited about this series word and our, our purpose over the next several weeks is, is to, to share a word from God's word to specific groups of people uh, that, that make up this house or people that, that are in our, our, our community. Uh, we we, we want to share with you some, some words that we believe will, will encourage us to, to accept our role and our responsibility. You know, we're, we're not here, we, we weren't placed here uh, on earth just to exist for 74.6 years of a lifetime and then, and then leave, right? But there's a plan and there's a purpose. And, uh, and, and it's been mapped out for you before you ever drew your first breath. And so what we want to do over the next few weeks is, is speak to specific groups of people uh, each week and, 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 and hopefully help them understand what their role and what their responsibility is in our community. For some of you, you may think that you're too old or that your, 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 your life situation has changed too much and, and, and your better days are in the past. You may feel like that there's not much for you to contribute any longer. We have a word for you. For some of you you, you, you think maybe you're just too young. Or, 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 or maybe if I just had, had a mate or had a helper, then we would be able to accomplish and do more in, in the kingdom of God. Listen, we have a word for you. Maybe you're a, a, a teenager here. And, 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 and I know maybe you've got the, the Bra perfect Brady family scenario and everybody gets along. And, or it's the Cleaver family and everybody's just hunky-dory and things. But for some of you, maybe, maybe there's just some relationship issues between a teenager and a parent. We have a word for you. And so we're excited about each week where we're going to go. 
And, 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 and I want to encourage you to, to, to dial in and tune into our social media during the week because sometime this week we're going to let you know what the word is and who it's for next week. Today I want to start with us as the church. I have a word for the church today. I, I want us to start from, 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 from just something that includes all of us, the body of Christ. I have a word for the church. And the word that I have for the church today is this. First. First. I want to share with us some things today, church, that I believe are so important for us when it comes to us being the bride of Christ. You know, God created the church. And he has big dreams and big plans and big aspirations for this thing called the church. Now, there's, there's the, the, the church takes on two different shapes and sizes. There, there is the, the church universal. The church universal is, is, is anyone who has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Whether you're, you're worshiping here at 1910 Church today, whether you're at Living Hope Church here in Bernie, or, or whether you're at a church in Indonesia or down in Tecpan, Guatemala today, for those that have said yes to Jesus Christ, we make up the church universal. But in each city and in each location and multiple locations in each city, there are localized congregations, localized bodies of believers that gather together to make up what we call the local church. One is not more important than the other. But, but, but this localized church is, 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 is so important in the grand scheme of kingdom advancement. And that's why you will hear us talk about time and time again the, the need for, for you to find a, a, a church that you can connect with. Because listen, this calling that God has on houses of worship where people are gathered today, the, the calling he has on each and every one of us is huge. And he's planted us here to be a representation for him. To be salt and light in a community and in a world that needs just a touch from Jesus. Are you with me so far? And so what we are a part of today is so important. So important. And hopefully this morning as we look at this, this the, listen to these words today from, from God's word, hopefully we will begin to understand that what we are, the church, the body of Christ, the bride, the one that he will return for one day and take home, it is so, so important. So many people don't make what we do here a big deal. And it's not important. And I'm praying that, that, that through our time together today for the next three hours as I share with you that hopefully we will begin to understand and see the need for this thing called the church. I have three areas today for us that I believe the Lord is saying first when it comes to this thing called the church. And the first thing that I would like to share with us today in relation to the church and, and us being who God has called us to be and, and, and what that means in our lives, that if there is a word of encouragement that I could start with for you from the very beginning of this series today in relation to who you are and where God wants to be, it would be this. Seek the Lord first. You see, listen, as the people of God and as his blood bought the redeemed, as the saints, to, uh, the saints and heirs to a throne, as sons and daughters of the king, 
We need to be people that seek the Lord first. Are you with me so far? Listen, I believe that if there's ever been a greater time, if there's ever been a greater need for us to pursue our great God in heaven, the time is now. Are you with me? Just look around our culture. Look around your neighborhood. Turn on the evening news. Just take a a, a glance at what is happening around us. I mean, the status of our society, the hurt and the pain that, that people are experiencing that you know on a first name basis. The, 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 the change that's coming up in just a couple of months as in, in leadership within the United States. Listen, the list could go on and on and on. Would you not agree with me? We need the Lord. We need the Lord. And as his church, we need to seek him. You see, if there's one thing that I know that God is calling all of us to do today, he is calling out to us, he is desiring for us to seek his face. He's desiring for us to press in for more of him. For so many people, and maybe you're here today and and, and you are one of these people. You're you're, you're looking for answers. You you feel hopeless in, in the world in which you live in today. Maybe you came in here this morning and you're looking for some word of of comfort. Maybe you just need some sort of direction in your life because you just don't know why you're here and what you can do. Listen, here is a word of encouragement for you today. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says this. To seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Some translations of the Bible say, seek first the kingdom of God. You see, when we place God first and when we seek him and pursue him with all that we have, isn't it amazing how everything in life just seems to find its place and it works out, right? The psalmist in Psalm chapter 27 verse 4 longed for this presence of the Lord more than anything. The psalmist writes, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections, meditating in his temple. Is that you this morning? Is the presence of the Lord, is that the greatest longing and the desire of your heart? For most of us, if we're gut honest with ourselves today, most of us are just in survival mode, aren't we? And we're just trying to make it through. We're just trying to pay the bills. We're just trying to keep mama happy. We're just trying to get the kids from one activity to another. And we're like that little gerbil in those wheels in the cages. We're running, running, running. And for many of us, we just don't feel like we're getting anywhere. What do you long for the most? What are you seeking the most. You know, when we seek Him, when we seek the Lord and run full throttle after Him, He promises that we will find Him. You see, our great God that we worship this morning so desires to intervene in our lives. He wants to step in into whatever situation you're facing this morning. He wants to step in. He wants you to experience his presence. He wants you to give him control and follow his ways. That's what he wants, but you need to know something. He is not going to force himself upon you. You see, God is not a forcer. 
He's a filler. And he fills those who long for him. For those that call out, for those that cry out, he fills them with his presence. He fills them with more than enough. But you got to want him. You're going to have to want to seek the Lord. He stands ready to make himself known to you this morning. He stands ready to lead you and guide you. He stands ready to see you through whatever you're facing. The question is, will you follow him? The question is, will you seek after him? The question is, will you trust God enough this morning to lead your life? Will you? Will you trust him? Do you long for more of the Lord? Do you desire his presence above everything? Will you seek him first? You see, I think that's one of the greatest things, the needs for us as a church is we need to seek the Lord. We need more of his presence. Is there anyone in here this morning that says, you know what, I've got enough of Jesus. I'm done. I don't need any more. No. We need more of him. In fact, church, I've got a, I've got a word for you in relation to seeking the Lord first. I believe that the church's emphasis needs to be on starting to follow Jesus and not stopping the list of sins that we single out. Let that sink in for just a second. You see, I believe that we need to to emphasize more the need for you and I to start following Jesus and, and, and maybe come off of our bandwagons that we've created about individual sins. And aren't we so good about pointing people's sins and weaknesses out? Oh, so-and-so. Pfft, have you heard the latest? Did, did you read the police blotter in the paper? Did, did, have you seen what's happening? Do you know? Are, aren't we, it's really easy, isn't it, for us to point out our sin problem and struggles in others But isn't it much more difficult for us to lay it aside and to start walking in the steps of Jesus? Hey, listen, I'm not, I I may not know a whole lot. And for those of you that have been with us for any amount of time, you know that. I reveal that every week I talk, right? But here's what I do know. If we would just start following Jesus, if we would take him at his word, Most of us know enough about what God wants us to be like and live like. If we would just start there, you know what? There might not be any sin issues to point out. We need, church, to start emphasizing the need to follow Jesus. It's called discipleship. We need to learn to begin to walk in the steps of our Father. And I'm just telling you, it's a strong burden for us as a staff. For the last two years, we've been focusing and concentrating and praying and seeking the Lord and saying, God, what, where we, God, what, what is it? The times demand Christ followers to rise up. The time demands for Jesus to be put on display. Lord, how can we, how can we grow people in the faith? How can we, Father, help people look more like Jesus? <clears throat> Well, I want you to know that in the next several weeks, you're going to be hearing about several opportunities that we're going to begin to present to you, to offer you, that will help you, we believe, look and act and grow closer to Jesus. 
The, 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 these focus studies are, are, are going to be for, for, for group, many groups of people. It's going to be for those of you that are new to the faith. You've just said yes to Jesus. You've just turned on a light bulb out in the atrium. And you're like, okay, I said yes to Jesus. Now what? Well, we are here to help you with that. It, 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 we're going to offer some, some focused studies that, that are going to help those of you that are, that are needing clarity, maybe on some specific topics, or, or maybe there's a book of the Bible that, that we can study and just, just, just begin to draw out the truths from it. Maybe you're, you, you need some help in this area called grace. Listen, we're going to offer you some things that are going to help. May, may, we, we, we're crazy around here. We, we even have specific studies that we're offering to, to men and women in our church through, through Man U or, or even through, through our Radiant Sisterhood. Listen, there are specific studies even offered for men and women. Listen, there are going to be opportunities just about every day through this house that are going to allow you to pursue and seek more of the presence of the Lord. Bottom line is this, you need to know this about our staff. We want to grow people in their faith. We want to give you an environment. We want to create an opportunity for you to grow closer to your Father. The time is now to seek Christ first. Isaiah 55 says, seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. Will you seek the Lord first? You know, we crave connection, don't we? You know that we're beings that were created for connection. We're spiritual beings. Did you know that? Do you know that you're a spiritual being? Remember how you were created? God took dirt from the ground and he breathed on it and created man. You see, you're nothing more than dirt and spit. You know, that's what you are. Just dirt. That's what you are. God created you. And you remember when he created man, you remember that special connection that God had with his creation? It was a spiritual connection. They walked and they talked. They spent time together. Man lived with nothing to hide. There was no need to hide from God. Full transparency. We're spiritual beings. We crave connection. For some of you this morning, you would label your world as being in turmoil because you know what's happened? This spiritual connection that, that you were created to have with your creator, God, it's severed. It's not growing. It's not thriving. It's not vibrant. It's just, for some of us, non-existent. See, we're beings created for connection not only with our God, but check this out. We're also created for connection with one another, with other people. And don't you want to be known don't you want to know that there are other people that care for you? Don't you long to be in a, in a group of people that, that love you? And don't you long to have those relationships with people that celebrate with you when there are times of celebration? And oh, by the way, even in the valleys of life, isn't it always better to have someone there with you? Is there anyone in this room today that honestly would just say, you know what? I just want to be left alone and I desire to be lonely. No, no. We want 
to be a part of something greater than ourselves. We want to be connected with someone greater than ourselves. We, we all long for this little band of brothers or sisters with whom we can do life with and share mission with together. We, we have this innate desire to fit in and to feel good about ourselves as we do life in the company of others. We long for connection, not only with our creator, but with other people. That, 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 that's why from the very beginning, you, you hear us beat this drum. Boom, 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 I want to say USA right now. That was a bad drum cadence, but um, that's why you will hear us beat this drum for something we call life groups so much around this house. Life groups. Every weekend, there is an, a, a place set up in our atrium dedicated for people to go and find a place that they can connect with other people. Life groups are, are these small groups of people that, that meet throughout the weekend in, in, in other people's homes. You get to go in and see what's in their cabinets in the bathroom. I know what y'all do when you go to somebody's house. You look, Right? You, you, you get to go into their, their home and, and, and you, 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 you participate in community and all these things. You, you, you have a band of brothers and sisters. You encourage one another. You celebrate together. You pray for one another. You love one another. You challenge one another. That's what life groups are all for. They, they, these life groups exist because, listen, Sunday mornings are all well and good, but, but, but this is not the type of community that you're going to see in the Bible. You see, Sunday morning is, is, is a catalyst for life change, but it's in these community groups, it's in these life groups that life change is sustained. We, we like to say that Sunday's kind of the front door, but our life groups are the living room. It's where you really sit down and grow and learn and challenge one another and get to know that's where real relationship happens. We long for community. We long for connection. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a statement. And, and, and before you start throwing stones at me, just listen to me. I would say that community is more important than reading the Bible. Uh-oh. Don't just put this out on Twitter today because somebody's going to crucify me. I'm not saying that reading the Bible is not important. In fact, if you've been here, we use the Bible here at 1910. People outside of this house wonder if we do or not, but we do. We use Scripture. We talk about it. But I would say that community is more important than reading the Bible. You know why I would say that? Let me give you a little history lesson. The early church didn't have the Bible for the first 300 years of Christianity. And I think they did pretty good. You know what they did have? They had one another. They had community. They met together daily in houses. They shared life together. When, 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 when someone was in need, they, they didn't go to the priest and say, hey, would you preach a, a sermon on what it means to help? No, they just sold their possessions and they helped whoever was in need. Whenever there was a disaster, much like the one we're experiencing right now in Louisiana, and by the way, we have a big trailer parked out out front today. That's not for you to take stuff from it. It's for you to drop things off because we're sending a, a relief trailer full of supplies down to Louisiana to help the flooding victims. You see, the early church, they, they would do things like that. 
They would just step out and help. They cared for one another in such a way that they just, so they didn't have God's word reading. Oh, what should we do in time of famine and flooding? And what should we do when a brother's in need? They didn't have the Bible for the first 300 years of Christianity. But what they had was one another. They had something that you long for. It's called community. You long for that. Don't tell yourself you don't. You want to be connected. You long for community, and they had it. So when we read words like this in Galatians 6, to share each other's burdens, and in this way you're obeying the law of Christ, that meant something. When you read in Hebrews chapter 10, to let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, that's community. That's people encouraging and pushing one another forward. When you read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, to encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing, that is community. And I'm telling you, that's where discipleship happens. And oh, by the way, with this thing called discipleship, here's what we've discovered as a staff. There is not a one-size-fits-all discipleship model. Different people grow in different ways. And so whether that's one of our focused studies that we're going to start offering on September the 18th on Sunday nights, whether that's a a men's or women's study that you participate in on Monday nights or Wednesday mornings or Wednesday nights or Saturday mornings or Wednesday mornings, whatever that is, whether that's a life group that meets during the week. Listen, here's what I would encourage you to do. If we are going to seek the Lord first, listen, find a place to connect Find a group to connect with, plug in, and seek the Lord. Are we okay? Seek the Lord first. Number two, I would say serve the Lord first. Serve the Lord first. Here's what I believe. I believe that God's looking for people he can use for big jobs for him. I believe that God has a great plan for this earth, and what we see on the evening news and the stories we hear, that is not God's plan. But God has a plan that he has in, in, in his mind and desires to redeem and restore all things that are broken. Do you believe that? And here's the deal. God is looking to you and I to be a part of executing his great plan here on earth. He's looking for people that he can use for big jobs for him. He's looking for people that will give everything they do, everything they've got. I prayed with Yoder and Bradshaw this morning, science teacher an English teacher at Bernie High School. And I prayed with these men. You know what I was praying for these men? I was praying for these men that God would use them to influence a generation. That he would use them not to just teach science so we can pass a test, Bradshaw. Yoder, not just to teach English so that we can be proficient and, oh, you get a good grade from your administrator. No, you're raising up leaders. You're raising up kids that are going to be Leaders and advancers of of not just science and English, we need that, but they're going to advance the kingdom of God. God has placed every one of you somewhere to influence people's lives for his cause. Are you with me? You might be a banker. You might be a a, a plumber. you, you you, You might be an educator. You might be a homeschool mom or dad. You might be an Uber driver. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, God has placed us in places on purpose, his purpose. Are you with me? Make no mistake about it. There is a lot to do. There's a lot to be done in our world. Hey, can I just say, there's a lot to be done in this house. 
And I just think as we consider what God wants to do in this world and what he wants to do in this house, listen, don't be content just to be a spectator. There is too much to do. There are too many ways that you can serve advancing the kingdom of God. Whether you're a school teacher or whether you work in the workforce or whether you stay at home and teach holy yoga. Who knows? But God wants to use you to advance his kingdom. Can I just tell you something? There are a lot of opportunities in this house to serve as well. Let me just, just on the weekend alone, do you know that it takes 80 people per worship experience here at 1910 for us to be fully staffed on Sundays? 80. We do three services. That means 240 people for us to be fully staffed to make this happen. How many of you enjoy Sundays around here at 1910? You enjoy it? Yeah? You enjoy it? You have a good time, right? You love it? You, you know that it, that, that it takes a lot of people to make this happen. You, you know that these incredible screens and graphics, man, we've got a whole group of people back here. Can we just show some honor in our media booth that are making this happen? You know that the worship we have, you, 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 you know that we didn't just turn on Caleb and just sing along with karaoke this morning for worship. We got people making this happen this morning, right? You, you, you know that it takes people. Uh, my staff writes my sermons every week, right? You know it takes, just kidding. They do offer input though, and I love that. Thank you guys for helping to make me better. Thank you. Kids, your kids are being loved on right now. You were greeted and, and, and someone helped you navigate this maze out here called a parking lot in a safe and friendly way. Anybody get run over this morning? Aren't you thankful for parking crew? All right, listen, 80 people. How many of you are thankful for the baristas at 1910 that brew coffee? The sweet nectar of God. 80 people every week to make this happen. Are you involved? Listen, if you've been coming for a month, we got a place for you. Don't just, listen, there's too much to do. And if we believe that what we're doing is of worth and value, I'm telling you, get in the game. Now, let me get a little specific. Can I get specific this morning? Here's, I have a, a, another thought for the church, not a word. These are, I have another thought for the church today. Whew. Here's what I believe. Churches that do not invest heavily in students and children will disappear in the next decade or so. It will. Churches that don't invest in students and children are going to be obsolete, irrelevant, and, and non-existent in the next decade or so. That's why we place high value on, on kids and teenagers here at 1910 Church. We don't care so much for adults. We don't. We, they're just kidding. Did y'all not listen to what I said earlier? Okay. You heard it from our student pastors today, and there are kids staff right now. Listen, I'm telling you. If we want to see the church continue, if we want to continue to raise up generations that will change the world, guys, we must continue to invest in these younger generations. You see, here's the deal. When you were a kid, there was an adult and there was a church leader that probably thought this same thing. And I said, you know what? Kids ministry, youth ministry is worth it to us. And we're going to invest we're going to do vacation Bible school. Every adult hates vacation Bible school. We hate red Kool-Aid. We hate macaroni picture frames. We hate that stuff. Hot glue, oh, hurts. But Lord, it's worth it. 
for a kid to hear Jesus' name. It's worth it for a kid to go home and tell mom and dad, I sang about Jesus. Let me sing it. Father Abraham. I hate that, but it's all worth it. It's worth it going to Colorado. It's worth it driving 15 hours in a bus with middle school boys. Some of you can't handle 15 minutes with them. But it's worth it when 25 kids say yes to Jesus. Church, come on. Listen, if you're looking for a way to invest and get involved, you, I, I would encourage, I want to challenge you right now to look in student and kids' ministries right now. If you want to be a part of making an investment in something that will not fade away and will last long after you breathe your last, I'm telling you, that's where it's at. You got to choose where you're going to serve. I remember the words of Joshua. If you refuse to serve the Lord, you've got to choose this day whom you're going to serve. That's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Interesting, real quick. People leave the church within one year if they don't get involved. Those of you that have been visiting, if if you just continue to come for the next 12 months and and not involve yourself in in, in any form or fashion, you know what? You're going to get tired of us. You're going to hear all my jokes. You're going to hear all my little kids' songs that I throw out from time to time. You're going to leave. People People leave the church within one year if they don't get involved. Research says that people who serve attend more consistently. People who serve, they they give more financially. And oh, by the way, people who serve, they invite more people. That's why today, as you heard in there, you're going to have an opportunity to pick up some invite cards. You're going to have an invite card opportunity to pick up today for this new teaching series called Word. And oh, by the way, you're going to have an invite card that looks like this, celebrating 10-year anniversary. You're going to have an opportunity, as it said in the announcement video, to invite people to come. Will you do that? Thirdly, real quick, as Dave continues to tickle the ivory. Not only do we need to seek the Lord first, not only do we need to serve the Lord first, I believe that we need to give to the Lord first. Give to the Lord. This is where I'm talking about money, 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 money. Money. Here's what the Word of God says, and I believe it. I'm not taking this from some televangelist that screwed you up years ago about giving or some pastor that's beaten you over the head for years. Here, here's what the word of the Lord says. It says that the first belongs to God. We, we, we find this principle all throughout God's word. We, we know that we're called to give God the first of our time. But listen, you can't read scripture and miss that God is not supposed to be first in our finances as well. That, that, that's why giving, that's why this word we use in church called tithing is such a big deal. Because it's God's will and it's God's plan. It is. You see, tithing is giving our first to God. When we tithe, when we give our first, it's saying, God, listen, I'm going to give you first, and I'm going to trust you then to redeem what is left, the rest of it. And I'm just going to tell you, I, I'm there every, every week as well. It always requires faith 
to give the first of anything we have, doesn't it? That's why so few Christians, I believe, are experiencing the blessings of tithing. You see, it means giving to God before you you see if you're going to have enough to make it through the rest of the month. But but by tithing, it's, it's as if we're saying to God, God, I recognize you first. I am putting you first in my life. And God, I am trusting you to take care of the rest of the things in my life. Listen, we are given so many resources, aren't we? There are so many opportunities before us. And when we give those resources and and each week when we get to come into the house and we get to give our finances, listen, we are putting those things back into the kingdom of God. We're, we're, We're giving those resources that God is, we're giving them back to him and say, God, listen, it's for you. And I'm telling you, this is a guaranteed dividend and investment growth. It's guaranteed Listen, you're giving to something that is far more precious and valuable than any entity that the stock market will offer you. Some statistics real quick. Our our budget this year at 1910 Church is $2.1 million. That that, that requires us to to give about $41,518 each week just to meet our budget. And I'm just going to tell you this, full transparency this morning. As of August the 1st, we are behind $173,700 in meeting that $2.1 million budget. Operate your home that way. It wouldn't be good, would it? Now, let me just kind of help you. We've not spent what we don't have. I want you to know that. We're not spending because we don't have it. But there are some things that many of you heard from us, Vision Day, a few, several months ago, about vision and direction where God's wanting us to go and what he's wanting us to do to advance the kingdom of God. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm just being honest. And I'm, listen, I'm not, listen, we've had to put the brakes on a lot of that stuff. Our staff hasn't been spending. We've not been able to run with the vision that God's given us because we're just trying to operate with fiscal integrity as well. Are you with me today? Now, here's the interesting thing about being $173,000 behind. Our total attendance this year versus last year, we're 16% higher in our weekend attendance around here. Last year, we were averaging 1,126 people on campus each Sunday. This year, we're averaging 1,308. That's a difference of, I think, 184, 182. I grew up in a small town. I don't know them. But 182 to 184. We're we're, we're plus that, but yet we're further behind financially. It all goes back to where I started today, then the need for us to grow in our relationship with Jesus, to get to a place where we really trust him more, that he's going to take care of us when we do things his way. You see, when we do things God's way, everything else falls in place. I love this C.S. Lewis quote, put first things first, and God will throw in all the second things. Put second things first, and you'll lose the first and the second things. See, maybe just this morning, maybe just this morning, I'm not telling you, I'm just, just maybe this morning. Maybe you're going through a financial difficulty right now because you've not put God first in this area of giving. Maybe this morning you're, you're in a dry spot spiritually because you know what? You've just not been seeking the Lord first. 
Maybe this morning you feel lonely and you're not connected. You feel like you're an island sitting in this room this morning. No one gives a rip about me and I'm sitting here all alone. Maybe it's just because you've not taken steps to really get connected and serving the Lord somehow. Church, the word for the day is first. To seek the Lord first. To serve the Lord first. And to give to the Lord first. Are we okay? I love you. And I love being your pastor. And I want to see you reach your full potential in Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning as we get ready to leave. Dave, thanks. I know your fingers are raw and bleeding up here from playing so long. but I want to ask our prayer and ministry team to come and make themselves available this morning. And listen, I just want us to be a church that seeks the Lord, serves the Lord, and gives to the Lord first. Maybe that you're here this morning and you're in a difficult spot. Listen, I want you to know that that's why my friends are down front this morning. That's why they're here. That's why Wade and Tiffany are here. That's why they're here this morning because they, that's why Emily's standing here. They, they want to pray with you and encourage you, whatever you're facing. And so I want to pray and dismiss us officially. And first time guests, I'd love to shake your hand and meet you in the garage this morning. And as people are leaving, if we can encourage you or meet you in any way or share with you who Jesus is, we'd love to do that. You come as people leave. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this reminder. Lord, your ways are right and your ways are the best. And when we put you first, Lord, there are so many blessings. There are so many things that happen for the good. God, I pray that we'd be a church that seeks, that serves, and gives to you first. All for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.